0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John DeBauwes. Today, our guest is Sean Stone, a bankruptcy attorney out of Arizona who's going to be talking about when, what, where, and how bankruptcy can work for you, whether you are the creditor or the debtor, if you're the landlord or the tenant. We're going to be talking about the 7-Eleven, the 13, everything that you need to know about covering your assets and making sure that your business stays in business. Sign up, sign in, sit down. Business Soup is now on the table. Sean, welcome to this serving of Business Soup.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me today.
0: Sean, your area of operations out there in Arizona is you deal in the bankruptcy code. And out there in the not-so-tropical weather out there, you're dealing with businesses. In, the, in this particular case, we're, with Business Soup, we're talking about small businesses and in getting even more of a rifle shot, restaurants. The pandemic has affected a lot of businesses, and oftentimes in any business, bankruptcy is the last hurrah. Just what is bankruptcy, or as we often refer to, BK.
1: Bankruptcy is for people or businesses that just can't afford to pay their debts. So that is basically wiping out the debt of the business in order to allow the uh, most of the time the principals to be able to kind of get down with their lives.
0: And the principal would be like the restaurant owner, the, uh, the operator and, and such. Those are the principals. And then they have all these creditors that could be the bank, could be the trade fixtures, the suppliers, anyone that they are indebted to.
1: That's correct. In the context of a small business is that most of the time it's the owners of the businesses that are the ones who have the personal guarantees. So it's not just a matter of what's going to happen with the business. Is it going to stay open? Is it going to close? But you also have to look at the personal guarantees of the owners and what kind of obligation are they going to have to these creditors if the business doesn't survive. So
0: often in small business, you have a, as you said, the personal line of credit where you are personally guaranteeing the debt that your business is obligated to. And oftentimes that includes a HELOC or a home equity line of credit. So if I go into bankruptcy for the business, it's quite possible that I'll have to drag myself or my family into it as well on the personal side.
1: That's right. Yeah. Just because the business files a bankruptcy and the business ceases to operate, um, it does not mean that the creditors that the business owes money to uh, won't go after the owner who's the one that guaranteed that loan or the the lease or the equipment, things like that.
0: Well, that can also happen in a divorce where they will come after the spouse for the joint credit that has gone on. But that's a different subject on the personal side of it. There seems to be quite a menu in the bankruptcy code. We have the most popular is the 711 and the 13. Sounds like I'm in a convenience store ordering up number 13 up on the shelf there. What is the difference and how would a business apply and how would these different code numbers apply to business?
1: Well, throughout the country, by a landslide, Chapter 7 bankruptcy is the most popular. The Chapter 7 bankruptcy is a liquidation style bankruptcy. Uh, Most states will look at state law to determine what you can keep in a bankruptcy. Those are called exemptions. For example, I'm in Arizona, so in Arizona, you can have an exemption of up to $6,000 equity in a vehicle, or you can have equity of up to $150,000 in uh, equity in your house. That means we take the value of whatever the collateral is, the house, the car, and then you subtract out the loan, and then what is left over, that's the equity. So anything that's not protected with the exemption can be lost. Now, that's in a personal bankruptcy. In a business bankruptcy, businesses are not afforded the benefit of exemptions. So when you're filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy for a business, the business is almost always going to cease operations officially the moment that the case is filed, and you essentially hand the keys over to the business, and the, the bankruptcy process takes over. Uh, Chapter 13 bankruptcy is the second most popular type of bankruptcy, and that's only used by individuals as opposed to businesses. So a business can't file a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. However, the principles of a business, meaning the owners of the business, can file a Chapter 13 and continue to operate the business. So whereas in a Chapter 7, the business is going out of business. And in Chapter 13, the business can't continue operations.
0: All right. So if I file Chapter 7, I'm just basically wiping my hands and saying, I quit. I can't do this anymore. Here are the keys. Here are the assets, liabilities, too. And I walk away. That's exactly it. And fall on my sword in court, kind of.
1: You're conceding, and it's done for the business. Right. OK. And I skipped over Chapter 11 because I wanted to talk about the two chapters of bankruptcies that are most popular, third most popular, is a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Chapter 11 bankruptcies are more often than not filed by businesses. And these are more often than not usually situations where the business wants to continue operations. Years ago, when there was the GM bankruptcy, that was a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And, you know, there are still GM vehicles on the road today uh, because they were able to continue operations. I'm speaking in in generalities because I don't want to get into too many specifics. Sure. uh, That's A big business that filed bankruptcy that that is still able to operate and it's a situation where the creditors can adjust uh some of their debts in order to continue operation uh there's a lot of moving parts to a chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, they can often be very, very expensive, and uh, there's just a lot, a lot of moving parts. You really need to make sure that you've got a lawyer that knows what they're doing. That is not for the faint at heart.
0: What are some of the things that may push you into an 11 knowing that you have a viable business but suddenly you can't operate? Is it a, a call of a note, something, a balloon payment, a, a loss of a business or a contract? What are some of the more frequent reasons that a company will go into 11 knowing that If they take their time and if they get a relief of their debt for a little while or restructure, that they can come out of this smelling better.
1: You know, it can be any one of those items. If you have one buyer of your product or service that dries up, for example, you hear that companies that provide merchandise to Walmart, Walmart is often their biggest customer. And if that uh, relationship dried up, if Walmart was no longer buying these products, the business might be in a situation where they they are no longer able to operate or maybe not able to service the debt that they have, Uh, but maybe uh, they'll file a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, they'll adjust some of the debts, and maybe they can't operate with the debt that they had when they were operating or doing business with Walmart, but however, if they were to get rid of some of the debt, then maybe they could still be viable and remain open, and that would be a situation where, you know, a Chapter 11 would come come to benefit there are situations where property values plummet and um, the Chapter 11 bankruptcy is filed in order to wipe out some of the inequity, the the amount of the property that's upside down. Let's say if you own a million dollars on real property and the property is only worth, say, $600,000 because the economy crashes, then there's an opportunity to basically give the lender a haircut of the $400,000. So to take the million dollar loan, bring it down to 600000
0: That would be through the bankruptcy and the, and the court would say, all right, this property is only worth six hundred, no longer the, the million. So bank, here's your chance to pony up and write down the loan. So do they rewrite the loan at that point or, or do they just credit you with 400000 And would that be considered a taxable income?
1: I'm not a tax guy, but I can tell you that the general principle of bankruptcy and taxes is that there's typically not a taxable event when there's a bankruptcy involved. Obviously, you want to get with your tax person. I am not a tax person, but that's my understanding of the tax situation. Okay. And the loan is not rewritten. And uh, bankruptcy is a hammer. Most of the time, bankruptcy is obviously not the first option. And folks have already gone to the creditors to say, "Listen, you know, this is what's going on. I'm not getting the rent I was getting before, uh, for example, and I need to, you know, I need." Some sort of a deal, or something to lose the property. So uh, bankruptcy is a hammer, and uh, the bankruptcy code allows you to do certain things, such as bring down—it's called a cram down—bringing down the value or the amount that's owed on the loan. So it's not a consensual type situation. It's more of a hey, this is the law. This is what you're going to do.
0: We're talking with Sean Stone. He is an attorney out of the Phoenix area, and we're talking about bankruptcy. What happens when you have no other choices, whether it be a 7-Eleven or 13? We're talking about how to cover your assets and stay in business. With the bankruptcy code, most restaurants, as I've been talking a lot about restaurants, are under a long-term lease. And with the pandemic, there's been a tremendous restructuring of the income. And a lot of time, leases are based upon percentage of income. But what does a bankruptcy do to my relationship with my landlord? Do they have the right to throw me out or can I renegotiate the lease? Where do I stand with my landlord?
1: In a commercial context is that, um, at least in Arizona, I haven't seen any COVID-related laws or forbearances with regard to commercial leases. The protections are really in place for the individual consumers, not the businesses. So landlords are typically looking at the matter from dollars and cents. Okay, does it make business sense to work with my tenant, or does it make business sense for me to get this tenant out so I can get a new tenant in that's going to pay? Sure. Or does it make sense for me to get this tenant out so that way I can go after the, the personal guarantees? So. And it's all a negotiation. So there's lots of landlords out there that will work with their tenants because they know that if this tenant leaves or maybe I'm getting some money or maybe I can get some reduced rent, then I'll be able to um, have something coming in as opposed to kicking this tenant out and I've got nobody coming in. I don't know if somebody told me or I saw on, uh, or read on, on the Internet that Yelp estimates that some 60 percent of restaurants are going to be going out of business. Yeah. And I that the restaurants are some of the hardest hit areas for the reason that, you know, they didn't have access to a lot of the PPP money because server wages are very, very low, right? And the servers rely on the tips to bring their wage up to a market rate. And if people are not coming in, sitting down at the restaurant and ordering drinks, there's just, there's no money coming in. So the PPP money... Who is able to help non hospitality type businesses, but when you have situations where you can't afford to keep your employees on the payroll or um, the food costs are such that it doesn't make sense, you can't do enough volume, um, this is really going to be truly really devastating to the businesses.
0: And that's another story that we've covered on who actually got the PPP and unintended consequences of the acts of Congress. Right. That's another story. As to other things that are covered, can I renegotiate my lease if I go into a reorganization? Can I, I tell my landlord, hey, you know what? I'm not getting the business that I had. It's not worth it. Can I force the court in the court's hammer to come down on my landlord?
1: In the context of the Chapter 11 bankruptcy, you're going to want to try to negotiate with the landlord if you want to stay open, okay? Because ultimately, you're not living up to the terms of the contract, then uh, more often than not, if, they, if the landlord wanted to, they can get you out. Now, there might be some contractual limitations, but everything's on the table as far as okay. negotiation goes. And in lots of Chapter 11 cases, you'll have what we call prepackaged bankruptcy, where the debtor even before, or the would-be debtor in the business, that before they file bankruptcy, they go to all their creditors and say, listen, landlord, supplier, you know, all the vendors and say, I'm going into a bankruptcy. Let's work out some terms that are going to be amenable to the vendor, to the creditor. So that way we can get term. We're both unhappy. I'm paying you something and, and I can continue to buy from you and operate my business. And so you can go into the bankruptcy with a prepackaged. Everybody knows what the rules are. There's no surprises. And uh, those are the cleanest type bankruptcies. They're not always uh the easiest to do. They don't always happen, but that is not uncommon in the context of a chapter 11. Everybody already lined up and everybody already know what the game rules are going to be even before the bankruptcy that gets filed.
0: In most trade fixtures, anything that isn't attached to the ground is considered a trade fixture in just the cursory real estate law, such as the kitchen in a restaurant. Those are trade fixtures and they are so often financed. And that financing is usually through a third party finance company, through a banking organization. Can I force the non-collection or repossession of my trade fixtures by going into bankruptcy and force my hand on my creditors that are financing or carrying the paper on my trade fixtures?
1: One of the fundamentals of bankruptcy is that it stops all collection activities the moment the case is filed. So the moment the bankruptcy case gets filed, the automatic bankruptcy state kicks in. And what the automatic bankruptcy says in a nutshell is that no creditor can act in furtherance of collection of a debt. So that means repossessing or taking back property, collection calls, collection letters, any of these types of things. And so the moment the bankruptcy gets filed, you notify the creditors and they have to cease those collection activities. Landlord can't lock you out, and these types of things. So, so it stops all collection efforts the moment the case gets filed.
0: What about wages and retirement plans, such as 401ks, that I'd be funding my employees? And let's say I bounced a check or... There's wages from the last paycheck that are the pay period. What happens with those debts?
1: The principal, the owner of the business, they're ultimately responsible for the wages of their employees that don't pay. But when you file the bankruptcy, if the business is filing the bankruptcy, then the employees that don't get paid, they can file a claim in the bankruptcy in order to try to get paid. So this is a situation where if your employer goes out of business, you're in trouble. But what you touched on a moment ago is what I see all too often is that bankruptcy is always the last thought, right? Right. You always try a million other things. And whether it be in a business context or an individual context, I see all too often you have owners and, and individuals of the businesses that liquidate their retirement to stay afloat, okay? or throw good money after bad, or go and get crazy high interest rate loans through these online lenders.
0: Or they start factoring their receivables as well.
1: And they have daily withdrawals. Uh, what they mean is is that the, they get a loan, the business gets a loan, and it's also personally guaranteed by the, the owner, and they get these high interest rate loans. And basically, the lender has a security interest in any money that comes in, and uh, they often have daily withdrawals, interest rates are over the top, and there's no way that the business is going to be able to repay these loans. And so what happens is that if the business goes out of business and can't afford to pay the loans, then the owners are on the hook, and then the owners are looking at personal liability on that. So one of the struggles I have as a bankruptcy lawyer is that I can't get to folks early enough in the process to say, hey, listen. If you're tapping into your retirement, things are not going well. You need to have a, a long look at the situation Does it make sense to jump ship now, knowing that statistically, these are the way things are going to go. Same thing with the high interest rate loans, the business loans, uh, the business funding loans.
0: It's kind of like those payday advance loans that are... Uh, that's
1: exactly it.
0: So, and that's part of the five points to bankruptcy. If you don't know them, you'll get there quicker. And one of them is doing the irreversible type loans that are over the top, as my guest, showed John Stone, who works in the bankruptcy arena of law, is providing us. If you'd like the uh, five steps to bankruptcy, if you don't know them, you'll get there quicker. We'll just go to bizsoup.com and, and ask for them. They are free. Just sign up. So you were talking about you go back and you start borrowing against your retirement plan. Of course, you take the money out, you get taxed on that or if, if you cash out. But if you borrow it and don't pay it back, then you're still paying back your retirement plan. What about your employees? If you've been paying into their 401k under a contract, what about that contract with them if you're donating to their retirement?
1: That's part of their compensation. So that is safe. Now, what people run into problems with is that they are supposed to be paying into their employees' uh, retirement, and they're not. So basically, they're stealing their employees' money, and you see this also in the context of payroll taxes. Yes. Um, you see situations where times get tough, and there is a crunch on the pocketbook of the of the company so the employers will take the payroll taxes out of their employees' paycheck and then not pay that money over to the taxing authority, which is, that's essentially stealing. Okay, it's a big, big deal. Don't do that. <laughs> and be, even before that happens. And if you're tempted, you got to have a good, hard look at your business and say, listen, does it make sense for me to continue operation if I can't afford to pay the payroll taxes that I'm taking from my employees? Because that's not your money. That's your employee's money that you are to send over to the taxing authorities.
0: Of course, the employee can then file a claim with the labor board and say, I haven't been paid. And there's nothing worse than going to war with a government agency with unlimited resources.
1: Or a former employee that you owe money to. Yes. It's a recipe disaster for sure.
0: How has the CCP, which, or whatever acronym or you want to flavor you want to put on the pandemic, how has that affected the filings? Or do you see a lull before a big storm of filings because businesses such as the restaurant industry hasn't been able to keep the doors open and pay their employees and just keep going? Do you see a. Do you see an upsurge or a potential upsurge in the filings?
1: as of right now I think people just don't know what to do and if people don't know what to do whether it be in business context or individuals uh, they do nothing so right now things are relatively slow compared to things last year but I think we're just absolutely without a doubt I think it's coming I thought it would already be here the tidal wave of bankruptcy filings but there's talk of more money coming out as far as stimulus money who knows there might be more government assistance towards businesses so while there's uncertainty as to what's coming and what's available I'm not seeing a lot of bankruptcy happening. Uh, but the runnings on the wall. I've talked to a lot of people that are in the early stages of trying to figure out what to do. And not everybody's ready for bankruptcy right now, but people need to keep their eyes open to look for the signs. So that way they don't find themselves in a situation where they're throwing good money after bad. They're liquidating their retirement. And just to try to keep a business afloat that just really needs to be on a DNR in order to not bring the entire family unit down. Well, business is personal. You know, in, in the, uh, the small business owners don't want to admit conceits. Um, sure. it, it's, it's difficult.
0: It's very difficult to give up. Perhaps you worked in another job that has given you the resources to get into this dream job of owning your own business. And then the virus comes along and has shut you down. And it's very difficult to walk away from a dream. What about government loans? You've got all this money that is just flowing out in the direction of small businesses. A lot of it's gotten siphoned off. But if I go into bankruptcy and these government loans or programs that have been put out there by the government of recent months, am I obligated to those like student loans? Can they be BK'd as
1: well? I'm not intimately knowledgeable of all of the the loans. I believe that, what is it, the EDIL, uh, which is the most popular. Um, that's actually um, a non, maybe not in every situation, but to my understanding, the people that I know that have gotten the EDIL loans, those are non-recourse, meaning that the government cannot go and sue, or the uh, SBA, Small Business Administration, cannot go after the principal uh, to collect that debt. I am uncertain. I can't remember whether they can go after the business, but typically there's really no sense in suing a small business that's no longer in operation. And the reason for that is is that it doesn't have anything. So that's why you have the personal guarantee so that way if the business does close, creditors want to be able to go after the personal guarantor. And this is something you would need to check in your loan documents if you're ready to get it. Um, the EDIL loan, to the best of my understanding, is a non-recourse loan where uh, the creditor cannot go after the owner of the business uh, if they don't pay.
0: We're speaking with Sean Stone, a lawyer out of the greater Arizona area who practices in the field of bankruptcy. And we're talking about business bankruptcy, in particular, the hard-hit restaurant industry. In the area of the CCP, in the virus, the pandemic, are you seeing any type of abuses in the courts where companies are taking advantage of this pandemic to rewrite contracts or or write down their debt obligations to lenders?
1: I haven't seen a lot of it right now, but things are slow. I mean, courts are physically closed. All the hearings are done through, at least in, in Arizona, through Zoom or over the phone, and it's just too early to tell exactly what's going to be happening. Again, we don't know how long is it going to take. We don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. We don't know what stimulus money is going to be coming out. We don't know what assistance is going to be, more assistance is going to be available to businesses and individuals. And with all of these uncertainties, it creates an action. Just nobody's really moving acting right now because nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I heard something on the radio the other day that COVID is going to die off on its own before we get a, a vaccination. So with all this uncertainty, how long is going to take? Nobody's really making any prides. I want to see what happens. Hurry up and wait.
0: In the case of bankruptcy, it often is. Hurry up and wait. You get a reprieve. It's a short-lived reprieve, but at least you can stop answering the phone and saying, I don't have it right now. Quit calling
1: me. Right. And, and lenders are more understanding during these times, but there's lots of uh, that are giving breaks to their borrowers or their, their people that they have contracts with. But um, that's a temporary fix. A lot of these uh, lenders want to get paid back everything lump sum that wasn't paid. So once things settle down and we know where things are going, there's going to be a lot of people that have to come up with a lot of money back on track. And I just don't see that everybody's going to be able to do that. And that's going to be another one of those contributing factors that's going to cause a spike in the bank balance.
0: The banks and the government taxing authorities are two of those areas that I'm not seeing any forgiving activities. You may be able to pay your property taxes later without penalty, but you still have to pay the full value of it as opposed to trying to get a write down on the valuations. And the banks are saying, well, we feel your pain. What I'm seeing is that either they're going to come up with, all right, you can pay off your back debt in 90 days, or we'll just put it on the back end along with interest and you can continue to pay. Both those entities are seemingly getting all of the money regardless of the business conditions.
1: That's my understanding of where things are going as well, is that, yeah. is that within the context of businesses um, it, it's and, and individuals, you've got to pay the money. You're not getting anything for free, maybe the stimulus money for free. But as far as your loans and your contracts, it, it's going to get paid. They're not saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, um, It's just not happening.
0: Sean, I can't thank you enough for enlightening us into the world of bankruptcy. It is the last call when it comes to your business efforts. It's a respite. If you wanna walk away from it, just throw the keys to the wind and let them take it. Well, that's one way to do it, but we recommend that you work with your creditors as our guest, Sean Stone from Stone Law in Arizona has recommending work with your creditors. And if that doesn't help well, then the government has an entity known as the bankruptcy court to give you a respite for a while and restructure. And if you'd like the five steps to bankruptcy, if you don't know them, you'll get there quicker. We'll tell you what you're doing now before you get to bankruptcy and perhaps you can head them off. So tune into Biz BizSoup. Go to BizSoup.com where you will find not only the transcripts, but also this show, its podcast, the show notes and links to our guest, Sean Stone. Sean, thanks for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. Thank you for having me. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John DebaVoys, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business.
1: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.